So we're holding by Shmuel Bey's Parakid Gimel, Pasach of Gimel, the learning tonight should be as Chosi Lunish Master Bechiel Mechab and Asher, and Yicheskel Shrag and Avram Yehuda, as well as Chos Befu Shlema from Meishab and Miriam. So we learned previously that Avshalom continues to harbor hatred towards Amnon and his brother over the fact that Amnon violates Avshalom's sister Tamar, and we saw that Avshalom does not confront Amnon about his hatred and about his anger, and so it boils inside of him to the point where he's. He, he wants to act and he wants to take revenge. So now, Pasuch of Gimel, we see the revenge that Avshalom plans to take against Amnon. So Pasuch of Gimel, Vahilish Nasayim Yamim, it was two years after the incident, Vayu Goizim Lavshalom. So they were shearing Avshalom sheep, Eval Chatzar, in the plain of Chatzar, Asher Im Ephraim, which is in Ephraim's land. Vayikra Avshalom, Lechobane Melech. So Avshalom extends an invitation to all of the king's sons. So first, the Psikta Zutrasa brings down that whenever you have the shearing of sheep in Tanakh, it always means that there's danger. Beware of danger when you hear about the shearing of sheep. The first example is Lavan. When Lavan goes to shear the sheep and Yaakov attempts to leave with Rachel and Leah and the Shvatim, then Lavan chases after them to try to harm them. Similarly, we saw in Shmuel Aleph by Novel when David requests help from Novel, and Novel refuses him, and ultimately Novel dies from a terrible disease, that's also Novel was celebrating the shearing of a sheep. Now we will see as well over here that the Sholem's shearing of a sheep leads to his command to have Amnon killed. This murder of Amnon that Sholem is going to commit is the next kiyum of the nevuah of Nasan, right? Nasan had talked about four rois coming out of David's house. The first, uh, according to some, was the violation of Tamar by Amnon. The second now is going to be Avshalom's murder of his brother. Avshalom wanted to avenge his sister, but he had to wait for the right time in the right setting. And now we'll see that when it comes, Avshalom immediately uh, puts plans into action in order to take his revenge. Now, the Mepharshim asks, why two years? What, what happened during two years that Avshalom is waiting? Obviously, he's harboring this hatred. Why do you wait such a long time? Why do you wait 24 months before acting? So the Abarbanel says very simply that Amnon was on guard. He, he thought, he anticipated that there might be revenge uh, uh, from Avshalom. But after two years of calm and nothing happened, Avshalom lowered his guard. Uh, Amnon lowered his guard and therefore Avshalom thought finally now he could lure him into a trap. The Gemara in uh, uh, the Yerushalmi in Saita asks this question. The Yerushalmi says that Amnon actually involved himself in Limit HaTayra and that the schus of that mitzvah actually protected him for two years. Mishpatzayzov says that Avshalom realized that uh, while, uh, while Amnon had the protection of Limar HaTayra, he wouldn't be able to harm him. So he needed to come up with an excuse to get him away from his learning in order to be able to have an opportunity to harm him. And so that's why we'll see that he pressures David to send Amnon to his celebration, to take him away from his learning that he had engrossed himself in. So there was some level here of, of contrition and of guilt on Amnon's part that he realized he had done something wrong and he didn't just continue to uh, go on as if nothing happened, but rather he tried to do tshuva on some level by uh, uh, reinvigorating himself and recommitting himself to Limit HaTayra. Kliyakar actually says that Esav tried the same strategy as Avshalom over here. That what does Esav say? Esav says that when the days of mourning for Yaakov come, then I'm going to kill Yaakov. Why? Because Esav understood that while Yaakov is sitting and learning Torah, he's not going to be able to harm him. But once Yaakov, once, once um, Yitzchak would die and Yaakov would be in a state of mourning and a mourner is not learning Torah, so then the, the protection of Torah would not be 
able to protect Yaakov, and so he, at that time, Esav would be able to harm him and kill him. And finally, Rashi explains why is Avshalim inviting everyone there. So Rashi says it was the custom in those days that when someone uh, did a sharing of the sheep, that you made a, a large party. There was a large celebration similar to what Novel had, and that was a way of celebrating the occasion of sharing the sheep. It was a, a notable uh, occurrence, and so therefore people would make large parties. In this case, Avshalim invited all of the other princes to attend. Avshalom approached the king, approached David, and he said, Behold, we are sharing the sheep of your servant. Let the king and his servants accompany your servant, meaning he's inviting David now. David should come together with his entourage and also attend the feast. The Rabbach says that Avshalom knew that it wasn't really befitting for a melech to attend the celebration, and David would certainly turn down the offer. He extended the invitation and sort of makes an effort to, to get David to attend only so that when he eventually extends an offer to Amnon, it shouldn't appear like he has any ulterior motive. So he makes a fake, false uh, um, plea for David to attend, knowing that David's not going to, hoping that that'll uh, cover up his real intentions of having Amnon attend in David's stead. The Abarbanel explains why was Amnon not going if all the other princes were invited. So the Abarbanel says that since Amnon was the assumed successor and he was the Bechor, so probably he also would have deemed it inappropriate to attend. But Avshalom says, well, since the Melech isn't coming, perhaps the, uh, uh, the representative of the Melech, which is the firstborn, he should at least attend in the king's stead. So So the king said to Avshalom, Albini, no, my son, let's not all go and we're going to become this burden for you by Yifrat's boy, but Avshalom insisted and persisted, but David did not want to go. However, David does bless Avshalom that he should be successful. So the Metsudis explains that David was taken in by Avshalem's hospitality and extending of an invitation, and for that reason he gave him a special bracha because of, um, of Avshalem's um, generosity. Kliyakar explains the, uh, the, what seems to be a double ocean here. He says, Albani, and then he says, kulanu. So he says, first of all, I don't want to go Albani for myself, because the Suda is a Suda, it's not a Suda's mitzvah, it's a Suda's Rishos, and the Shechros is going to be drinking there, and therefore uh, it's not appropriate for a king to be seen. And second of all, he says, that it's not appropriate for us to be matriach you and to, for us to, to impede upon your simcha, right? When the king goes, it's not just the king, it's the king and all of his avadim and all of his entourage, and so that creates a tremendous burden on the Baal Simcha. So therefore, says the Kliyakar, David did not feel that was an appropriate imposition to place on Avshalim. Mashiach Chaisim says something very interesting. He says that at this time, when Avshalim is leaving David, he, David gives him a bracha. For that reason, he was matzliach in, in the fact that he was able to accomplish what he wanted, which was to kill Amnon, and he wasn't punished for it. Because of the bracha that David gave him, he actually was successful in his plot. As opposed to the other time when he goes to Hebron uh, to whatever he wants to accomplish. This is later on when he's starting his rebellion over there. David does not give him a bracha when he wants to go to Hebron. And for that reason, at the end of that rebellion, Avshalom is ultimately killed. So David's bracha was very powerful. It helped Avshalom be successful here as opposed to later on. That's by the Moshiach Chosim.